Rethink Aging. Discussions about life, planning, and growing older. I'm your host, Elaine, and with me is my co-host, Robert. Well, hello. So here we are at the second part of our discussion from last time. We're talking about aging in place. Today, we're going to be talking about the various support systems that you need, such as getting food, transportation, connecting with others, various technologies. Oh, that's some good stuff. Well, let's jump into it. So the first one is food. Everybody needs food. So I'm the grocery shopper in our house, and it's something I enjoy, but I've seen it change as I've gotten older. Um, There are different things I consider now. I probably make more trips so that I'm carrying less things. I used to be one of these people who would make one giant trip like on the weekend and I would buy like all of this stuff and haul it in the house and and that's become a lot more difficult for me especially the part where I have to manage it at the store because in general terms you have to rehandle your groceries a lot of times like if you think it through the the part where you're walking around with your cart you're pulling the stuff off the shelf you're taking it back out and putting it on the belt it's getting rung up you're putting the bags back in your cart Taking the car out of the car, you're putting the stuff in the car, then you're taking it out of the car into the house, and then you're picking it all up one final time to put it all away. A lot of lifting. Oh, like crazy. And and I became super aware of it uh, during the times when I had a back injury. You know, this this became just an odyssey to try to get this done. So that said, you've got to look at how you obtain food as an aspect of your aging in place plan. Another part of getting that food is transportation. If you can't drive anymore, how, do you, how are you going to get your food? Right. Are you taking the bus there or are you taking a, an Uber? Like how are you walking to the grocery store? Is your daughter driving you? Right. And this is also going to be different for people who live in an urban area versus a rural area. Like if you live way out on the end of a country road, it might be difficult for you to easily get to the store. Right. And where we live, we could walk to the store. Yes. If we had to. Yeah. Another aspect of getting food is the ability to make the meals or to cook. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just going to say anecdotally from older people who I've been around, I've seen a certain amount of that. Like when you, when you get into aging in place without planning for it, you find yourself in this place all of a sudden where it's more difficult to cook because you're getting less able and it's more difficult and tiring to get that work done. So you begin to compromise on what you're going to eat. And, and I've run into some situations where older people I knew were eating these meals that were not completely healthy and not really like a complete meal that's maintaining their health in the best way because it's just too hard to make something like that. So I'm trying to approach this from the aging in place, you know, strategy direction. What habits can I form now that are going to allow me to age in place and still eat healthy meals, which goes back to our first point of like taking care of your physical well-being. I think one of those things is to plan your meals ahead of time. Yes, and to make things that you can put away, like freeze, 
Like, for example, we're going to have chili tonight because last week I made chili Ooh. and I put three or four entire meals of it away. And today I'm kind of getting a free one. I can just pull this thing out, thaw it out, heat it up, and I've got that meal good to go. Thanks for taking care of our food. You bet. I love it. There are other programs such as Meals on Wheels, which probably most of us have heard of. It gives older people nutrition. People come and deliver meals to you. What that also brings to the table is the delivery people who you will interact with and get to know. And they're kind of an informal responder or somebody informally being able to notice or assess what's going on for you and right. maybe get you some help if so they if you notice start, something. Start looking a little rough or something. Right. Yeah. I can tell this guy hasn't showered in a month sure. or something. Here in Milwaukee, you have to be 60 and older, a Milwaukee County resident, homebound and unable to prepare your own meals. Gotcha. So the requirements are going to be perhaps different for your particular area. So it's something to look into as part of this planning. Right. And there may be other, you know, maybe your church has a program that will bring meals. So we touched on transportation a minute ago. And as you said, the suburbs and rural areas, it's a little harder to get around. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you can't drive yourself, you're probably depending on somebody to come get you and take you to a place. Or perhaps you can still ride a bike. But again, we're talking about planning to age in place. There are things like taxis and Ubers, but that costs a lot of money. True. There are organizations that can help. And in your research, you can find things such as there's a, a local program called Eris Senior Network, which I think used to be part of Interfaith. And there are other programs you can look, again, on, the, on your county aging website. A lot of counties offer help. The... The town I grew up in, uh, which was kind of in rural Wisconsin, they had this program. They still have it. It's called the Silver Streak, and it's a very low-cost car that, like, comes around and takes seniors to go grocery shopping or to a doctor appointment or maybe for visiting. And uh, I think they just celebrated, like, their 50th anniversary of having this service in nice. that town. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when my mom... As she was in a wheelchair and she was going to a, an adult daycare program, it began to be very difficult for my dad to get her in and out of the car. So they hired the county bus to come pick her up and drop her off, pick her up and bring her home. That can be a good solution. It was very effective. So we've talked about a lot of the, the hardware part of this problem, you know, your, your body and your home and then the support services. And now let's just talk for a moment about the, the software part, your mental well-being. You've got to have a connection to others. You know, we're, we're all human beings and we are creatures who require each other's interaction. And if it's not easy for you to get out in the world and you're isolated at home, that can be bad. Yeah, we've all kind of struggled with that over the last, you know, year or two if you're listening to this it's 2021 right now and we we're still in the midst of the pandemic speaking of the pandemic i think there's been a lot more technological answers to connection with others there's facetime there's zoom there's a lot of ways to connect to where you can actually see somebody right. 
and, and have like a direct back and forth with body language and stuff. There's also social media, which can be good and it can be bad, but there are a lot of different flavors of it and you need to find one that works with you and the people who you want to interact with. And, you know, something that's inside of your, your future self's skill level to use. Um, there's a social media called nextdoor.com, which is very centralized around the geography of where you live. And although it's not my favorite social media, I do see a lot of older people on there who kind of make a little community of it. And sometimes we'll get together for coffee or at the local park and just to get to know your neighbors better to increase that kind of local networking. There's also a lot of local senior centers that you can find and go like enjoy some activities with people. Yeah. There is also, it's a little old fashioned, but there's picking up the call, picking up the phone and calling somebody. Yeah, no doubt. Almost all of us have a cell phone all of the time. So that's become kind of a central part of our culture. And I think as people who are younger old people now get older, we're going to see an increased prevalence of people using smartphones and tablets and things to communicate, you know, to text each other, uh, send each other a gif of a cat or whatever it is that we're doing to stay in touch. I want to get a gif of a cat. I'll send you one. Okay. All right. One more thing we want to talk about here in terms of an aging in place plan is the idea of long-term care. So, Despite your best efforts in planning for this, there may still be areas where you need someone's help in order to maintain your situation within your home. Things like sorting your medications, bathing, cleaning your house. Yeah. Something that maybe not everybody understands is that Medicare, which is the health insurance for 65 and older and disabled people, does not pay for in-home long-term care or adult daycare. Mm. Medicaid is the plan that will help you when you're in a nursing home. You have to spend down to very little, but you have to be living in the nursing home. So what kinds of things can we do to plan for this long-term care without going to the long-term care facility? How can we afford that? Well, maybe you can't. Maybe you can There are things like long-term care insurance, which is out of the scope of this podcast, but I've recently learned that some will now pay for in-home help, which they used to just pay for you living in a facility. Gotcha. I would encourage people to research and identify their local agencies, like our Department of Aging that we've talked about. Here in Wisconsin, there's a thing called Family Care and PACE that will help coordinate services for you and some of them are less expensive. Right. So you just want to consider what these areas are that you might need help in and begin to develop your own plan for how to address those. And, you know, there's definitely the brute force, like throw money in it approach. And then there's also using these resources that are available and augmenting that with support from your family or friends. I also think a lot of technological innovations have started coming because of COVID and will continue coming because of the sheer number of people who are getting older. Yeah, that makes sense. We talked about some of this technology already. 
for connection, the, the FaceTime, Facebook, and texting kinds of things. For me, a really interesting technology is the virtual assistants. For example, there is an Alexa Care Hub that came out in 2020 that will help with remote monitoring your older adults. And how does it do that? You set up a designated person who will get alerts and can look at your statuses. They can determine your level of activity. Like if you haven't moved at all today or done anything, they can send your um, person a, an alert. They have medical alarms, medication alarms, and reminders. You can call 911 by just saying, hey, I need help. Call 911. Gotcha. Another thing it does is it helps give you some kind of privacy as the older person. So, for example, your designated person will be able to tell you that you played some kind of music, but not necessarily which songs hmm. or won't have all of the details, but just know that you're up and doing things. Right. You know, this kind of makes me think of like the the GPS smartphone connection where... For me, anyway, I've shared my location with a couple of our kids and with you because I want someone to know, you know, where I am. So someday there isn't a silver alert for me and I'm just off wandering somewhere. Um, I guess part of my aging in place plan has been making sure that I'm accustomed to carrying my smartphone in my pocket all of the time. And that's just my strategy because I want to be able to have that in case I need help or in case I need to be located for some reason. Some of them can also detect if you've fallen. Yeah, I have an Apple Watch, and uh, it, it detects falls. And it also has, like, an electrocardiogram feature, um, so I can monitor a heart condition that I have. And I used to have, like, a separate piece of hardware for it, but now technology has improved, and it's integrated into the Apple Watch. And I'm sure that more health-related things like this are going to be integrated so that we can centralize our health information and share it with our doctor more easily, which kind of leads into another technology, which is telehealth, right? Right. Connecting with your doctor virtually eliminates the travel. I mean, it's great not to have to go to a building and park and go in and sit and wait and then wait in a room quietly for 25 minutes until the doctor gets there. Not only does it save time, but when you're thinking of taking an older person who's in a wheelchair or has a walker, that adds a lot of extra. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I used to take my grandma to the doctor, and sometimes it might be the middle of summer, you know, some super hot August day, and she is just suffering, waiting, you know, as I drop her off outside of the clinic, have to go park, and then she's standing there. Or it might be the winter and I'm trying to find a place where she won't fall down right. while I go park. So having that telehealth opportunity, and it doesn't really, you know, it's not going to eliminate every trip to the doctor, but if you can eliminate some of them, that is a lot of time and like personal safety that, that gets saved and improved. And it used to be that Medicare wouldn't pay for a telehealth visit. Really? But during the pandemic... They made an exception for that. Mm. And I think there is a lot of support and hopeful legislation for Medicare to keep that. Yeah, that just seems like a no-brainer. I recently received an email from our pharmacy, and it had a note in there that they will make monthly packages 
of your pills if you so choose it. So instead of having to sort out your pills into a little pill box or to open up all of your medications every day, they will just send you a little packet. Here is Tuesday morning's packet. Yeah. Another area that technology can help is keeping track of your stuff, like your keys or your phone or your pets, using something like an, a tile or an Apple AirTag that you can put on a device and then use that application to easily find whatever that object, that lost item is. I have to look for my phone all the time. Got to develop that, that front <laughs> pocket habit, right? But then women's pants women's like... Women's pants don't right? always have pockets. <laughs> what is up with that? Many people have added security systems to their homes because security systems have become so much cheaper and wireless and easier to own. Like I'm thinking of things like SimpliSafe, you know, or, or Ring Doorbell. That kind of thing can augment your feeling of personal safety in your house but it also opens up opportunities to put a camera outside of your house or even inside of your house so that a relative could monitor an older person. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about situations where I've driven out to go check up on older people that I know to make sure they're not laying there in the middle of the floor or something, you know, because I wasn't able to raise them on the phone. I remember one time when my dad had not hung up the phone all the way, and nobody could get through to him oh. and just be lining it out there. Yeah. Are you okay? And he's just sitting there watching TV. So. Yeah. So you can add these kind of cameras at a pretty low cost to just monitor someone. And, of course, each person's going to have a different level of acceptance for that kind of thing. I think if you'd asked me 20 years ago if I was going to have a camera inside my house pointing at me, I probably would add the same reaction to the suggestion that I'd have a GPS on me that my daughter knows, you know, she can check in on. But I've really come to accept that and kind of rely on it as a safety feature for myself. So I, I think the acceptance of those things is going to probably increase over time. Well, we've covered a lot of material here, and we'd love to hear what you think about it. Email us at RethinkAgingOfficial at gmail.com. We can also be found on Instagram at RethinkAging. Look for us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Right. Uh -huh. Thanks for listening.